Welcome to the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. This episode was recorded in Copenhagen during the 2017 Innovation Roundtable Summit, where our colleague Leonard sat down with Mario Pieper, Chief Digital Officer at BSH Group, to talk about digital transformation and its impact on the home appliance industry. Mario explains how to uncover customer needs and transform ideas into feasible projects. Furthermore, he highlights the importance of effective leaders and innovation culture in digital transformation journeys. Mario, it's a yeah. pleasure to have you here in my little uh, backstage studio. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation. And, uh, Love to be here. Yeah, and uh, thank you also for your uh, for your short presentation and the and the panel discussion. Uh, interesting to listen to. Good. Um, let me ask. Let me ask you the first question, or let us dive into the interview with you just briefly explaining who you are, what company you work for, and what role you have at the moment. Absolutely. So Mario Pieper is my name. You already uh, mentioned that. I'm working for BSH. BSH is a European market leader and worldwide number two when it comes to producing and, and distributing home appliances. So we are the one-stop shop in the home appliance business. So from vacuum cleaner to, to oven, to make it short and precise. And my role is the role of the chief digital officer of that company. Maybe you can uh, explain a bit about more the innovation principles and the larger innovation framework that you kind of operate within. Well, it's a very broad question, but um, maybe I start a little bit in a different twist. Um, when I talk about innovation, um, there's only two things that are important. It must be new and has to have impact. All the rest is not innovation for me, to make that clear in the first place. And when we talk about innovation, we talk about product innovation, or we can talk about product innovation, we can talk about process innovation, and we can talk about business model innovation. So having, having said that and categorized that, if you look at the kind of framework then, well, it depends how your company is, is, uh, is working on innovation. So we're doing it in a very broad sense. So you can, for example, in our framework, we, just, we distinguish in the, with the, 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 say, the life cycle of the innovation. If you have short-term innovation or longer-term innovation, like disruptive technologies, for example. Second is if you look at something that is um, uh, maybe more uh, incremental, so the next oven generation, two, three, four more features, let's say, to make it a little bit tiny. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, you can talk about disruptive business model innovation. So what kind of impact does that have and what kind of certainty comes with it? And the other thing is you can also distinguish between, does it come from the organization, our innovation departments, mm -hmm. also people in the organization having good ideas, putting that into an idea platform and putting them through into the innovation process, or on the other side, looking at the outside, um, much more important in the last years, I would say. Um, when you talk to partners, people come up with ideas, also uh, uh, service providers uh, as consultancies come up with ideas. You can do research in China, for example. Always interesting into, if you look into our um, our kind of business, um, what, what, what is happening there in the food scene, for example. So we could very much uh, also rely on external as outside in innovation maybe a few words on the on the process i mean not not a detailed way of how you're doing it, it. <laughs> that, that would be that would be a long uh, long discussion yeah. but how generally especially in the digital space now uh, that you oversee how do you start projects from ideas into projects into later stages and so on briefly describe how, how it looks well, it's not that easy as you described, but I try to stay on that level because, you know, digital can be without a product, without, let's say, uh, a home appliance, and with 
a home appliance. So when you do it with a home appliance, of course, you have to somehow connect to the product development process of the home appliance somehow, which is, of course, much longer than you do just a little tiny digital service on the left side, uh, just, you know, uh, directed towards 10 consumers, tested and redirected and so on. So um, considering that, I think two important things is you have to have all the creativity in the in the ideation space. Of course, there must be some kind of overarching ideas in what kind of fields you're looking, what kind of strategy supporting capabilities are, are important to look for and to discuss about. So you're giving a little bit of, a, of an umbrella where to look because we don't want to look into the automotive market. We don't want to look into as a comparable or com- comparable industry, yes, but not we want to innovate in that area. We want to innovate in the home appliance area. So what is your area of innovation? This is very important. And then in the ideation phase, you really come up with a lot of design thought, good ideas, close to the consumer, not, you know, guessathons. Uh, we two guys are thinking about some really innovative stuff. No, this is not what we tend to do or want to do. We tend to, but we don't want to. Um, so this is the first most important part. And then and then it gets I think then it comes to the very critical point to bring a very creative part into a very structured part. So innovation is for me is always having a very much of creativity at the front end and having a lot of discipline mm. at the back end. We can see in our organization, I observed it in a lot of organizations, that on both parts you can do a lot of mistakes. Um, the more, uh, the deeper I look into it, I would say the more mistakes happen on the discipline part of it. So how to find the right product owner for that kind of idea if it comes closer to bringing it to market, delivering a product or a service on a on market level, you somehow have to bring it into the, into the uh, funnel of, uh, of getting real business. Um, and from that point, you need a product owner who's capable of driving that kind of probably new idea, new field. Usually you don't, have, you don't find these people very easy in your organization, so you can not take a hardware engineer and bring him to a software innovative uh, part and say, hey, this is your, you are the product owner now, just do it. So finding the right people on the spot and, and making them then really responsible on, on driving it and freeing up headspace that also this idea can develop a little bit over time because nothing is stable in our, in our place. Uh, maybe one year or half, half, one month later, somebody, some company is coming up with the same idea. So you have to be able to, to, to also change that. So giving them a little bit of headspace, even in this disciplined area, to drive it to market relevance. So th- th- I would concentrate my answer on that part. What, like, how do you really today look into customer insights? How do you draw from them? Uh, how do you find out what the needs are and really to tailor uh, your offerings or the solutions that you're working on? towards those needs? Absolutely. Um, very good question. So I think it, it's, it, it was getting more and more complex over the last years because the, the sources for uh, innovative research or innovation research have, have spread around the place. So um, good is, and this is our backbone, we are in around 80 countries. So um, And there, um, mostly with, uh, with sales, uh, marketing, and, and also some, in some cases administrative uh, people, they have a very close link to the, to the local environment. So they're really looking on how to sell and how to do and looking for local partners. So they're delivering a lot of insight out of the market and consumer trends to, let's say, more the central departments that are, that are driving the innovation funnel. 
So this is this was every time there, and this is very good and very helpful because they see the trends, they hear about it, they are close to the consumers. This is this is great. Um, if it comes to technology, I think this, the sources are getting broader and broader. So um, if I compare the last five, ten years, I would say today nearly every week somebody, a startup, uh, a service provider is coming up with a new technology trend that we as BSH might consider relevant for us. And of course, they can help delivering it, sure. Um, so um, innovation really, this is what I said, comes a lot of, get carried to you from the outside. You have just to be open and able to discuss that kind of, of stuff. So this is these are new sources. And of course, what we do is structured desktop research. But there, basically, in our innovation departments, looking for trends, uh, urbanization, what does it do to the kitchen, for example, so these kind of You mentioned business model as one yeah. part of the in innovation in, in the beginning. Um, how is it different in the digital age or what is important in terms of new, what new business models are coming up? Mm -hmm. What are you looking into and how are you also uh, developing them, testing them and finding out if they work or whether, they work, whether they're not working? Yeah, very, very good question. Um, so first, first of all, digital is for us or is a means or is a, a trend or is a, a, a subject that made us change our business model completely. This is what I ex explained on, on stage because if you compare today, that monolithic devices standing in the kitchen not connected to nothing um, and tomorrow everything connected in the smart home, in the smart world, minimum in the kitchen hopefully, which we found out in studies that this is the first place consumers want to have connectivity in because as you know, the, the living room is somehow gone, media is gone into every room, so the kitchen is the space, so we are in a good space to bring connectivity in, but connectivity means that we are, for example, changing our, our um, focus uh, from serving our customers, meaning the retailers who are selling today our, our analog devices, let's say, so to say, to uh, directly also integrating uh, and directing towards the end consumer because uh, we have, uh, with a connected device, we have a stable connection uh, to you as our customer, as our consumer, and we can definitely help you in bringing new services to what you're doing with your devices. So this is one part. The other part, connectivity means you have to have some kind of common language, common architecture, software, hardware, data. So... You can't deliver just a device like you want to deliver or d d produce a device, and somebody else is doing it somewhere, somewhere else. So, in, in, in recent years, the fridge production was completely decoupled from, let's say, the oven production. Um, with a connectivity layer o across it and bringing that into a platform, this is no longer feasible because there are the integration efforts and the integration times, and of course, the, f the, the ability, the user experience, if everything is different. Isn't isn't not not the same. So we are coming into an area uh, into an, into a future where hardware, software, and data architecture have to be aligned across devices. We're talking about vacuum cleaners and ovens, and and this is a large step, a large transformational step for our organization. It's not what the customer sees. He just sees, hopefully, sees then the services that comes with it. That, that can change over time, that can be recurring in the life cycle, not only at the beginning when you, when you buy the, the device. And the third one is when you have that kind of platform, you can also deliver, let's say, platform 
dependent services and not device dependent services. So you're not no longer only relying on the connection to the device, but you can also be a little bit more broad and abstract and, and can deliver services um, towards your consumers, customers on that platform level, uh, which also gives you hopefully value add and hopefully a monetization stream in the future. Now you mentioned that you have to kind of connect the different almost business units or product teams with each other, yeah. uh, which almost creates a matrix, uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a, another sure. matrix into the organization. Sure. How do you do that organizationally? Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. So, of course, you start with that in, on a project basis, right? You, you, you set up a team that is really defining this new architecture, and then you engage with the product units and look for pilot projects to requirements engineer or require engineer, requirements engineer, the new architecture features into the new devices. So that, as you know, architecture is nothing that is stable over time. Architecture develops. So what you have is a reference architecture. And what we're doing is we're building that reference architecture into the new upcoming uh, product series categories. Uh, and hopefully they develop and evolve into a new future with a new architecture uh, that delivers that kind of... Uh, uh, play as a platform that I described in my, my last answer. How do you test and experiment with the, you know, the first prototypes or pilots yeah. with consumers and customers? How do you do that? Yeah. Favorite topic? I think, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say that yesterday, but it's not long ago that we pretty much uh, were focused on guessatons. So, we thought that this was a great, great idea. In some case, cases, right, on incremental innovation topics, I, I think you don't have to go directly to the end consumer, test your value proposition, because you pretty much know. Also, when you, also, when you see things already in the market, so you're kind of copying or you know, following a stream that is already visible. So yeah, there, early stage, pre-totyping, as I would call it, is not necessary. But in the digital space, so when you talk about digital services that, come in the life cycle of product life cycle and the consumer life cycle um, and are device-based or, or independent from the devices that you have underneath it, um, it's very, very important that you prototype. So not prototype, prototype before the idea with the consumer in a very sincere, relevant uh, environment um, so that you can say, let's say, fail, fail fast and fail cheap or learn fast uh, to then build when you have a sta stable hypothesis that there is a market, there will be a response from the market on your, on your idea that you can then deliver a prototype, only then what we call the minimal viable product approach and then again test it again as a real product. Before that, it isn't a real product and then you go into a market and, and scale uh, hopefully the production and the, pro and the, the service that you're delivering. Mm. So longer approach in a certain category of innovation projects. Now, when we talk digital, we always yeah. talk platforms. Yeah. True, true. <laughs> and uh, there have been a lot of platform races in the, in the consumer space and other parts yeah. um, in the last 10, 10 15 years. Uh, now we see a lot of new platform, I call them platform races, yeah. uh, to come up. Yeah. You decided to go with an own platform. True. Uh, what are your current thinking on that and, and how difficult is it actually to, to develop your own platform? What does it take? And, and what, uh, what have your learnings been so far? Yeah. You're right. Um, first of all, the, 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 the criticality or the strength from whichever perspective you look at it of the platform business is that the winner takes it all. So there is no other answer. 
Of course, we know that it's mostly there's not only one winner, but let's say there are two or three winners in the end game that take it all, and all the rest is gone on platforms. In in the space of uh, that we are delivering, you have to ask, you have to look at the different from from a, a, a other perspective on that. What are you able to deliver in a timely way to the market? So, would we be able, we as a kitchen home appliance manufacturer, so would we be able to deliver? Uh, an integration layer in the house. So would we be the ones to integrate security uh, devices uh, and gardening devices, maybe the car? Uh, yeah, we would be able, but it would take a long and it would never be our core and we will not go for that core. So should we do that? No. So we decided pretty early on to focus pretty much on the kitchen domain because this is our domain. And But extending and expanding our skills towards the, the platform base. So what we want to be, we want to be the leading platform with the best kitchen experience. I know that we have things that are also standing in the cellar and running around in the, as vacuum cleaners in the house, but focusing on the communication side, we say we are the kitchen guys, so we deliver the dominant, we want to deliver the leading, the dominant kitchen platform. And this platform should be an open one. So we would not only, and this is what I showed on the slide, uh, we're not only integrating our 14 brands, which is a lot, uh, but we also open for, for partnerships with other home appliance manufacturers that, that say, hey, we, your platform is good. We can, uh, can, we, can we jump on that? Can we work with you? Because we think that this domain-specific platforms will probably reign in the next years. I don't see that we will have this overarching you know, IoT world. I think we will see it probably in China where it's centrally orchestrated, but we won't see it in the rest of the world. And then we will have, of course, in the different um, development areas, we will have three, four solutions. So uh, we, we believe that this is the right approach, but with what we can deliver, so what our capabilities are, and not dreaming of a future that we probably never end up with. So be realistic is also something, also an innovation that, that helps over time. Let me ask you now, now you said it yourself almost as a kitchen you know, sub yeah. manufacturer of, of devices and that has, been, has had a long tradition and, and, and BSH is really good at doing that. Now digital comes into the sure. place. What capabilities and skill sets do you need for that mm -hmm. and how do you, do you develop them internally? Do you acquire them? Uh, how do you make sure that you have the skill set and capabilities organizationally but also on the personal or, or people's level uh, to, to put it into practice? Yeah, we're doing all approaches. So we're buying them, we're building people out and of course we're leaving space, free spaces mm. for partnering, for example. So you don't have to buy it, you can just partner it and do a win-win but probably you're not, you're not getting that, that value stream for yourself but you share it but you will be quicker. So we're doing every model on that one, but absolutely right. And when I say that we are today selling into the retailer, what we need is strong key account management. This is very, very important. Each market, knowing where your retailers are, where your kitchen studios are. If you want to sell or service uh, in the life cycle, the end consumer, you need CRM skills based on analytics, based on a user profiling that helps you understand the context and the personality of Leonard, mm -hmm. uh, for example. Um, Do we have that? No. Do we have to build it out? On the IT side, on the people side, mostly it comes that you first look for, like I always call them the digital hero that really makes things happen, that knows how to do it. So really the right person to develop that kind of capability and then probably leading that team into the future. 
Um, so this is a kind of approach. And there, if we want to build it ourselves, we hire the people or we buy uh, the people uh, from a company or we buy a company who has capability in that um, to go a little bit quicker in that way. But we won't start with the wrong people. This is the, this is the first uh, first one. And the second one is always consider you're just partnering. So understanding what is your value, how you're creating value, and what is the core capability that you should, what will be part of your value creation in the future, and what is only achievable or maybe can also be achieved uh, with partners. And you can share on that and win-win on that. And this is why I said on stage that the ecosystem of partners uh, makes you stay relevant over time because they gain and guarantee the speed and also uh, the relevance in the market uh, and aligning with the consumers. Now, you mentioned those cross-divisional or cross-project or cross-product teams uh, to make that alignment organizationally. How else are teams kind of equipped and how are they assembled? Mm -hmm. How do you put them together to make sure that they can do their jobs? Yeah. This is a very good question. And, and also there is no easy answer. Uh, the, 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 the easiest answer is what you can read always is diverse. The more it's about the right solution, the design thinking part of a solution, I would say the more diversity is needed. But this is only true for the first part. For the, for the second part, when it's about discipline, then you need strong, uh, strong responsibility of kind of product owner, let's say, the one who's driving that idea, who then rebuilds that strong, this cross-functional purpose teams with marketing and sales in it, with the product guys in it, maybe brand guy in it, that, that is needed for making out of a good idea a really value proposition that can be placed in the market. Also, um, looking in, in what kind of... Um, organization environment will that solution be delivered so have to we do we have to build a new organization for that there was a case for our home connect platform we have to build a new organization for that because there was no organization that originally would be the the best place in the company to to put that mm. that part in so we built a new one but could be that already an existing organization can then Uh, embrace that new kind of product area of service or whatsoever. So there I would say it's a cross-functional purpose team driven by one strong product owner that brings that thing to market and, and has clear uh, clear view on the process how to bring that into operation. Now it was also an important part of the panel and, and the, its leadership. Yeah. Uh, what is your take on leadership and innovation and, and also putting leadership and digital mm. into the same bucket? And what is then important uh, when we talk about leadership? Uh, what mm. capabilities and what traits should leaders have? Uh, well, I think we had a lot of talk about that in the, the last two days. Um, I think as a leader... Um, You have to be a, a two-sided leader. This is it, it, I'm starting a little bit in general. Huh? So you have to know when competent management is in demand. So when you're struggling, you have a problem, or you're doing something wrong, and I really see that the cons consumer is complaining about a solution, and you're unable to find a solution, you as the responsible guy, I have to act. I have to jump on that problem. I have to solve it. I have to help you solving it. Right? In the best case, I have to solve it myself, right? in, in the worst case. But I have to be able to react in a competent management style. But hopefully this is only a fraction of what leadership or what, what the, the, the leadership position is about. The main part is about really being an, an efficient and effective leader. So giving the people the freedom, especially in the innovation part, of, 
of uh, looking for solutions that might not be considered firsthand by everybody. Uh, so really a freedom of doing the, get, run, uh, running the wrong path for a certain time, but coming back if you see that, that, that you're failing and giving them the right tools, um, asking only the questions that are relevant, so not asking in, a, in, a, in, a, in an innovation project about the EBIT and the revenue potential at first place. This is absolutely irrelevant. You should really skip those kind of questions. It's bullshit. Um, and really also be, be realistic on what can be delivered. Uh, I see that there are a lot of people in the organization, I'm also in my organization, that are not realistic on what can be delivered because they have never done it. So getting, giving a team not only the empowerment and the freedom, but also the, the chance of coming back and, and, and giving them help and, and giving them the, the, the feeling they are on, in the wrong way, so the trust, uh, because you know realistically how long that takes. And there, there comes the digital part because of, there we, we see that the, the regular organization, let's say, the, the old, older organizational parts, they have not an idea about how fast you can do things in the digital space. Uh, so there, this re realistic uh, time setting and time framing is very important. That people are usually not understanding how you can do it so fast and that a campaign can be A-B tested and pivoted in 10 times in two or three weeks. People are not knowing that. So if you're not knowing that, is it, you have a different dialogue towards, yeah, but we have quality and you're doing just, just mistakes. So you have discussions that you don't need. So this is the kind of thing what I think is necessary when it comes to digital leadership, uh, when it comes to the question of how can you be effective in that. But also, nonetheless, you have to be able to be very competent on management if it's de in demand. And there are every week situations where competent management is in demand. So the people are just, hey, I'm, I'm empowering everybody. Do what you want. This is absolutely not a leadership style. Somebody, sometimes you have to go in the front and, and lead towards a solution. Let me ask about culture. Culture is also a, a big topic uh, when you put, especially when you have uh, digital coming in, mm -hmm. uh, but in innovation in general as well. Uh, what is important in terms of culture and, and how do you also influence it in a way uh, that you think is um, you know, beneficial for, for driving uh, the projects forward and for driving the organization forward and the company? Mm -hmm. well, first of all, culture is read-only. So if we both would think now we're doing a new culture, this would be very difficult and this would be more than a marathon, but exactly no sprint. And probably if we would you know, try to plant in some new ideas, some new cultural trace, we will fail with that. So cultural change has to come as an organization development and sometimes it happens even you haven't planned that. So you have to have an idea as a leader and of course... Uh, Culturally, you should be you should live up to what you want to achieve, but also engage all kind of uh, people regionally, globally. So India, different cultural elements than, for example, Germany or China or the U.S. And of course, all kind of uh, uh, let's say um, hierarchy is the wrong word, but all kind of uh, different people, uh, career stages of people like senior management and of course the the young trainees. Um, have their ideas and they bring exactly much more to the table today than, than, than in the past because they're really in, in the, with the digital backbone and the, their digital um, uh, heritage. They can really add on cultural traits that, that need to be uh, put forward. So I would say this is probably um, 
um, the most important part if you engineer it somehow, but let it go, let it fly. Also empower the organization to work on that, to do on that, to, to find the things that you want to change. So we, for example, found out that we, there is a big need in the company to, to align and to have meetings. And when you, are, when you feel this big need, everybody wants to jump on these alignment meetings. You know, then you invite five, but then there were sitting 10, 15, 20 people. Eh? This is typical uh, corporate life. Um, and the people, the younger people, they, they see that and they're, they're asking, hey, what are you doing? There? You're sitting there talking, no decisions, slow decision bodies. What is this guy doing here? So new people bring exactly this kind of, what is that? And if you, you can ignore it and say, hey, this is how we do it, did it? Mm. Great, you stay with it. But if we have a, a culture, an open culture, an open innovation culture, um, and you, these people can have a speech and, and a word, you will get that. And you will get it then from other people say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And, and let this group develop this solution and idea how you can do it better. And not taking it to board level and now we have a program of misalignment, of, of uh, not aligning so much. And bullshit. So it has to come from the people, from the organization, and has to be grounded on a, on a global scale and, and, and on, on all kinds of uh, diverse characters, I would say. And then it has the chance of really changing the organization that then after 10 years you can read that culture has changed. Let me ask you the last question. It's really about, I mean, now you've also uh, a lot of experience and you see the, the, the landscape and innovation for, for a couple of years now, to say the least. How do you see innovation has changed uh, over, the, uh, over the years? And, and what do you think are the reasons for that? Of course, as a digital is, to, to my mind, the, the digital parameters, let's say, or the digital drivers are the, the, the biggest change uh, on the innovation cycle so that they have speeded up so fast. So, um, and also they enable and bring new competitors on stage that you never saw before. In the household industry, we exactly knew our competitive scene, but it has changed. So there are new guys coming in, really doing a good job. Automotive industries is, I think, one of the famous examples how somebody can come from nowhere and deliver something that is really relevant and then driving the change in the industry. So this is what we are very aware of and, and where you have to be aware of, um, really uh, uh, taking these kind of trends very serious. So in, in today, the quality of washing, the quality of cooking that also comes and gets, gets uh, communicated with our brand promises is still the relevant part. But what is if the innovative, uh, the, the digital parts, the digital services around cooking, so the inspiration on the recipe side, um, knowing your nutrition profiles or taste profiles, um, sharing your cooking experience with others are more important than how exactly you can do 170 degrees uh, in the oven. What then? Are we then still the ones who are deliver, can deliver the best solution? I would say if you just take the, the this digital innovative features, not because there are others who worked exactly on that, card, on that part, stronger, harder, longer before, and they come up with really relevant expertise and, and relevant also uh, consumer trust that they can really take the market if this changes into that direction. So we take that very serious. And, and this is difficult for, for corporates to really reset their competitive scene 
and not only look at the two or three companies and compare EBIT and market share and you know what. So really look for, for small innovations also coming from startups. Small startups can in two, three, five years be really relevant players in, of course, parts of your value chain. And we have to prevent, and this is maybe the last word, uh, we have to prevent that we are not getting into a situation like the telecommunications industry that the telecommunication uh, the network providers uh, like Deutsche Telekom where I worked or Vodafone, for example, are just the dumb bit pipe. So we are not just the exchangeable uh, part, hardware part in the value creation in the kitchen. So this is what we're striving for. Mario, thank you very much for once again for your presentation, for the panel contribution and for that uh, interesting discussion. Thanks for the invitation. Love to be here. Thank you very much, Leonard. The video version of this podcast can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation practitioners and large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your seven-day free trial account.